Welcome to the You Can Tell the Children podcast, a place where sharing God's word with the next generation in your circle of influence can be simple, easy, and fun. We know that intentionally teaching children about God and the relevancy of his word will be a game changer in their homes, schools, and communities. This podcast is a ministry of Bible to School, experts in engaging children with the word of God. Together, we will make sure that you can tell the children about the love of Jesus. Ready, set, let's go. Hey friends, welcome back to the You Can Tell the Children podcast. I'm your host, Meredith Steidler, and this is episode 82. Are you familiar with the season of Lent? According to a recent survey, while seven in 10 Americans celebrate Easter, only 16% will partake in the Lent tradition this year. So what's the big deal anyway? Join me today as I interview one of Bible to Schools area coordinators, Bruce Ratliff, as he talks about Lent as a journey to joy. Together, we'll unpack how preparing our hearts for Easter through the practice of Lent can draw us and our families closer to our Lord and Savior. Don't forget to go over to our website, BibleToSchool.com. That's Bible, the number two, school.com to find the show notes and get the resources we talk about today. Feeling inspired to get involved in Bible to School? While you're on our site, click on the Contact Us tab. We'll be glad to talk to you about this program that's available nationwide. Help us get the Word of God into children's hearts during their school day. Ready to learn about Lent? Let's jump over to my conversation with Bruce now. Well, Bruce, welcome to the You Can Tell the Children podcast. It is so good to have you with us today. Thank you so much, Meredith. I am excited about being here. Well, to our listeners, about once a month, we try to interview a Bible to School volunteer or member. So Bruce is an area coordinator for Bible to School. So Bruce, would you just tell us a little bit about yourself so our listeners can hear? Sure. First of all, I'm a husband, have been so for almost 42 years now. Chewy. Um, <laughs> I've been a husband longer than I haven't. That's a good thing. Uh, I'm a dad. I have two grown children who are both married, and they have given us the greatest gift ever, and that's grandchildren. Uh, and so I am grandpa to a feisty seven-year-old and a really funny five-year-old. And so we just love spending time together. I've spent time, uh, I've served as a pastor. I'm an ordained minister in the Church of the Nazarene. I'm now serving through not only Bible to School, but I also serve with the Salvation Army, where I oversee a program for men coming out of uh, addiction recovery. Oh, so wow. um, it's a it's a transitional housing program. We are always full. So, but it keeps me on my toes. But I enjoy serving mm-hmm. the Lord despite. Oh, that's awesome, Bruce. That's great. Well, thanks for sharing that. Tell us a little bit about your role with Bible to School, then. Sure. Like you said, Meredith, I am an area coordinator. I oversee two schools. I just oversee the volunteers. They do all the work. And I just get to sit back and enjoy spending time there and just watching them minister to the children about Jesus. Oh, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much for doing that. We, I mean, we love when men step up and minister, and especially in the Bible to School program, uh, we can always use good men who love Jesus to be those role models. So thank you for doing that. It is quite an important job. I know you are telling us otherwise, but we need you and um, your volunteers really look forward to seeing you and the support role that you play, which is crucial. So thank you. Thank you. So for those of you who don't know, we're currently in the season of Lent. So Bruce is here today to kind of chat with me about that. Lent has been around for quite some time. 
but some of you may not observe it or know its significance, like me. <laughs> it's not something that um, I've practiced much in my growing up years, even as a Christian. So Bruce, you had mentioned to me previously, you're looking forward to this very season. So I'd just love to hear your heart on it. And I'd love for you to start us out with just the basics. What is Lent? Sure, sure. The simplest way that I can explain Lent is it's a journey. It's a journey that we, first of all, we look back on the journey that Jesus took as he went into the desert and fasted and spent time with God for 40 days and 40 nights before beginning his ministry. And, and we often look back at this time of Lent, which begins on Ash Wednesday and leads us all the way up until Saturday, right before Easter, as a time when, when Jesus journeys to the cross. And it's, a, it's an opportunity for us to journey along with him, drawing closer to God. If you read Matthew chapter six, it talks about three specific areas. It talks about prayer, talks about fasting, and it talks about giving. And those are really the components that fit well in this journey of Lent. Some call it a journey to joy. We start out and we are reflective. Uh, Ash Wednesday is about looking inward and seeing, wow, how can I grow closer? How can my walk be deeper? Sometimes we, we hear things about, especially like fasting, we give up things. Those aren't things that we give up just because, oh, I, I'm not going to eat candy for 40 days because Lent is a 40-day period. If you count it on a calendar, you have to exclude all the Sundays, and that's how you get your 40 days. Oh. Yeah, so Sundays are not included in the Lent calendar. So Ash Wednesday to Easter Sunday minus the Sundays is 40 days. Okay, good to know. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> it's, a, it's the new math. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> but you know, we talk about prayer and a lot of Lenten journeys will have a focus on prayer and who can pray too much. None of us do, but it really talks about a, a focus on prayer, a prayer of repentance, of renewal, kind of just seeking a deeper walk with the Lord. Yes. Sometimes we give up things, different, uh, denominational traditions, some give up meat on certain days. Mm -hmm. That's fine. And it's not about what we give up. It's about what we do with the time or with the resources that we're freeing up because uh -huh. we are fasting from them. It could be that I say, I'm going to not drink coffee for the 40 days of Lent. Uh, that would be easy for me. I've never had a cup of coffee in my life. Is it just about giving up coffee? Well, no. What I might do is take the money that I would typically spend on that cup of coffee every day. So I might choose to give it to the homeless. I might choose to give it to a feeding program, give it to my local church and allow them to decide where it might go. So it's not about just giving up something. It's about what am I giving to as well as giving up. Wow, I love that. Yeah, you know, that really talks. Lent is really that time period in the church where, man, we just want to draw closer to the words of Christ. And what does he tell us to do more than anything? It's not just the, the New Testament either. Um, you know, Jesus tells us in the Sermon on the Mount, he tells us in John chapter 10, when he's kind of trying to, they're trying to trick him. And they say, hey, what's the number one commandment? He says, love the Lord your God. But he says, the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. We're to take care of one another. In Isaiah chapter 58, and I pulled that up because that's the one that really came to mind. The people were coming to God in a fast. And God literally rejects their fast and then goes on to explain in Isaiah 58 why. And let me read that just a little bit yeah. of it to you. It says, is not this the fast that I choose? This is God speaking to loose 
the bonds of injustice, to undo the straps of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and to bring the homeless poor into your house when you see the naked to cover them, not to hide yourself from your own kin? Then your light shall break forth like the dawn and your healing shall spring up quickly. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call, the Lord will answer. Yeah. It's beautiful. Wow. It, you know, and when I hear that, I, I remember I'm drawn to Matthew 25 and the sheep and the goats, how we're just called to take care of one another. Lends a time when we really reset our yeah. compass and say, hey, and as it leads up, and, and this is one of the most exciting parts for me, as we walk this journey of Lent, which sometimes is identified as a, as a darker time or a more calm time or a more intro time, some of them looking inward, but it, the culmination of all of that and what God is leading us to is celebrated on Easter Sunday. Hmm. What bigger celebration is there than death to life Amen. and the conquering of sin and the grave? Hmm. Um, and that's not something that we hold on to or should hold on to. That's something that we need to share with others. Hmm. Um, and yeah. if we're not doing it, as Isaiah reminds us, God rejected what the people brought to him. And he said, that's not what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. That reminds me so much about some a repeated theme in my life over the past year and in all my conversations with my friends and family. It's a relationship. It's not a religion. And something I noticed and one thing that kept me away from Lent or certain practices such as is the religiosity behind it. So, you know, just at the at the gym last week, I saw a woman with ash on her forehead. And gosh, I wish I would have stopped her and asked because she may have had an awesome story to share. But I feel so many don't even realize the significance. It's just a ritual. However, like you said, that's not how Jesus intended. The Bible doesn't say you must practice Lent. It doesn't say that you have to, for 40 days, prepare yourself for the presence of the Lord and Good Friday and uh, Easter Sunday. But yet... If we do, as you're saying, and this is to grow closer in our walk with the Lord to experience his presence in this, I mean, that's life-changing. Absolutely. Uh, and that is not religion. <laughs> that is not religion. I have had that conversation more in the last couple of weeks. You know, we live in this really crazy, divided world. And a lot of times folks like to point and say, well, your religion, I'm like, whoa, let me stop you for a minute. Yeah. I don't have a religion. And they'll say, I hate religion. I say, man, you're in great company because Jesus hated religion. <laughs> yes. So he did. You know, he had more to say to the religious leaders of the day than he had to say to those who were seeking and following and, and searching with regard to uh, condemnation, if you want to look at it that way. He called the uh, Pharisees whitewashed tombs. They look good on the outside, but man, you're dead on the inside. But yet he had compassion and passion for the people who were seeking him and the people who were truly, truly wanting to know more about who he was, what he was doing here. I remember it just resonates in my mind, the woman at the well. I've been watching The Chosen. My wife and I have watched that. We love it. Someone says, is it biblical? I think it's biblical. I have a little bit of experience there. But one of the, the scenes that really speaks to me is the scene of the woman at the well. And Jesus says, I came here just for you. Here is a woman who no one else wanted anything to do with. And Jesus said, I, I came here just for you. And if we were to look at the timeline, that's the beginning of Jesus's ministry. And 
when we sometimes stop and think we have to do all of this and have everything in place. And here's just a woman who was hurting and was on the outside of everything else. And Jesus said, I, I came here to talk to you. Oh, yeah. That's so beautiful. And just like you were talking about being others focused, even during this time, I mean, that was Jesus. He somehow had that perfect balance of intentional and interruptible. How do you do that? <laughs> but that's that's what we're called. <laughs> he can do that. I'm not so well doing. I don't do that so well. Yeah, but that's an awesome thing. And I promise I didn't pay him to say this. Bruce mentioned The Chosen, but uh, we actually have a very recent episode, February 28th from Dallas Jenkins, who is the producer of The Chosen. And so you can learn more about that um, if you check out our website. But yeah, great show. Great show. Let's pause right now and take a question from one of our Bible to School kids. Number 57. Why did God wait so long after the prophets talked about Jesus for him to come and die? For us, it seems like God waited a long time to send Jesus. But for God, it probably didn't feel all that long. God knew the exact right moment for Jesus to be born and had every detail planned. It's amazing to think that over 350 prophecies were fulfilled by Jesus at his birth, all ultimately designed and coordinated according to God's perfect plan and perfect timing. So Bruce, as we get ready for Good Friday and for Easter, can you share what you've been learning about worship and coming to the table? Sure, sure. I think they're one and the same often. We are called to worship God with our lives. And I'm not sure that I completely understood that And I'm not sure the church as a whole really understands that. And then I heard someone talk about Revelations chapter four, and it's a it's a picture. It's an image of the worship that is going on in heaven. The elders are there. The angels are there. Those who have gone before us are there. And they're just continuing worshiping God just over and over again about how holy he is and how worthy he is and And this individual who I can't remember said, do you understand that that worship is going on now? And so when we gather for our time of worship on a Sunday morning, a Saturday night or Tuesday afternoon, it doesn't matter. We are not starting worship. We're just joining in to the worship that's already taking place. Mm -hmm. And man, that has changed my perspective on worship. Worship is already going on. And we are just, we, we get the privilege of joining in. One of the more important parts for me of worship is the table, is whether you call it um, the Lord's Supper, communion, Eucharist, whatever you want to call it, but it's coming to this table. John Wesley referred to the communion table or the table around which we, we would take the elements, a table of grace. You know, I have been studying the word of God for, wow, um, <laughs> 45 years now. Yeah, wow. On a, uh, you know, kind of really focusing there. And I don't think I still comprehend grace and mm. its immensity and what it really means for me. And if it means that for me, what does it mean for others? And how can I be a, um, a giver of that grace mm-hmm. so that others would know? So I'm just learning. And But what I understand is when I come to the table, it's just, to me, it's an overwhelming thought that as I remember what Christ has done for me, and I remember that what he's done for me, he's done for everyone. What is that drawing me to do? The only way we show God that we love him is to serve others. 
Yeah. That's really the only tangible way that we have to show God that we love him by serving others. And I think that's that's really drawn out in a lot of the scriptures, mm. uh, especially in the New Testament. Yeah. So when I come to the table, I'm just in awe of what God has done. Yeah. Rachel Evans, uh, she's passed. She was kind of a, a newer speaker or preacher of the word or what she has a poem or a saying uh, about the table and it talks about instead of limiting the table why don't we just build a bigger table mm, i love that <laughs> that's amazing because it, it really lines up with scripture and even parables as jesus tells the parables about the coming to the wedding feast yeah and some didn't want to come yeah and they said well go out and invite everybody because jesus yeah. wants every he wants the his house to be full yeah. so yeah. let's build a bigger table we got to keep getting some more card tables so that we can extend our dining rooms right i mean <laughs> i love that about jesus too is he did invite everyone he invited those that were unexpected to be invited i mean he went and just made himself available and he was part of the culture of inviting which i think is so important today i mean when scripture even tells us don't give up meeting with one another as some are in the habit of doing. Like, don't do that. <laughs> he used that in my, in our church this past Sunday. We <laughs> read that very passage from, from Hebrews. Yes. Oh, wow. Wow. That's awesome. Well, so tell me where we are out of time already. It went so fast, but I would love to hear your thoughts on how we can engage our children with this Lenten season. Do you have any ideas for us? Sure. I think what we do is sometimes we, we do, we kind of, make it all about adults, but we can, we can make it fun. My wife and I take a turn and serve in our children's department. On, we do children's church one Sunday a month and, and we go out with our kids and do those kinds of things. But, but we kind of include them in the journey. Um, yeah. Let's talk about what Jesus went through in those 40 days. What does it lead us up to? Even in our own family, traditions that uh, we wanna hold on to around uh, Lent and around Easter, um, we use the resurrection eggs <laughs> yes. because our grandkids are right. Because so our grandkids are, are about that age. But it, it, you know, it talks about death to life. And I know sometimes we want to, we don't want to make it too gory for our kids and scare them. But we really want them to understand that what Jesus has done, Jesus has done for them. I said earlier, I have a seven-year-old granddaughter who comes to church with us about every other week because she lives in New Jersey and she spends the weekends with us about every other week. And you know, one time. I had to take her home early because I had another obligation. And so we didn't we didn't go to church that Sunday. She let me hear it all the way home. And you know what? We haven't missed since because I'm like, <laughs> her name is Zoe. I said, Zoe, you're right. You're absolutely right. Church comes first. My yes. relationship with God comes first. And our kids, this little girl will pray with you, pray mm. for you. And our kids are listening. Oh, yeah. And that's a good thing and a bad thing. <laughs> oh, I know. You can say that again. <laughs> you have to be careful. Yeah. But our kids really are listening and they have a they can have a relationship with Jesus just like okay. you and I. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So sure. we try to include them in the seasons of the year and kind of explain to them on their level what it is and what it means. So Awesome. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, we have some great ideas in our home too that I probably stole from my friends or Pinterest. Uh, but the resurrection eggs is one of them. Just talking to you guys as listeners out there too. Um, the resurrection garden is great where you can actually get your hands dirty and create like that beautiful living scene of the empty tune in a pot with soil, grass, sticks, rocks, really cool. Watch it grow. 
There's Stations of the Cross that you can actually find a local church and walk through what Jesus would have walked through, Good Friday, what Saturday would have been like, and then Sunday. I went for the first time last year, super powerful. Kids can like it too. You know, they can be engaged. And then the resurrection rolls are a fun little, um, for junior chefs in the kitchen, you can use crescent rolls and cinnamon and butter, and you um, actually end up slicing through the roll and it, it's, it's empty. So I'll put a link in the show notes to all of those fun activities, but you're right. Kids are always listening. And kids, I also think it helps for them to know how fun Jesus was. And you can see that as you read through the parables and the stories and um, just that he definitely had a sense of humor. And so we want to make things fun as they see us living out that it is a relationship, not a religion. So, but, you know, real quick, and I know we're out of time, but real quick, you know, part of the things I think sometimes we forget is how everything ties in together. We celebrate Palm Sunday, which is going to be here before we know it. Yeah. So you realize that the palms that we use on Sunday in a traditional church, when, when we use Palm Sunday, those palms are kept, burned, and the ashes are used the following Ash Wednesday. Oh, I did not know that. Yes. Wow. So the palms that we use to worship Jesus as king are also the same palms that are turned into ash mm. that we use to mark our foreheads or our hands to say, I just want a deeper walk with this King Jesus. And it kind of just, it just keeps going. And so that's, that's pretty important to me. I mean, mm. I, I think it's an easy way also to draw kids in and yep. just allow them to be part of the celebration. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. So Bruce, you probably have a bunch of stories you can share, but can you just choose one neat God story from your time with Bible to school kids? Sure. Um, the one that sticks out in my mind most, and this is my going into my third year, I guess, is we had a little girl and um, we got to talking about having this relationship with Jesus and how real he is in your life. And she said, you know, my mommy listens to songs that don't say very nice words. And we said, okay, what do you want to do? And she said, I want to pray that we don't do that no more. Oh. Okay. We did. We prayed. You know, sometimes as adults, we pray and we move on. But this little girl every week for two, three, maybe four weeks would ask us at the end of Bible to school, can we pray for my mom? And oh. we would. She came in a few weeks after that. And she said, my mom said, I, I'm not going to listen to those anymore. She took and she told her mom that people were praying for her not to listen to those songs anymore, but to listen to songs about Jesus. And she said, that's what we do now. Oh, my goodness. What's her my heart? mom said, we need to go to church. I'm like, yep, that's that's <laughs> basically what it's all about. Wow. And, the power you know, of prayer. But the power of prayer through a child who said, you know, who got it, who said, I want to have this relationship with Jesus. And I don't understand all of it, but I do know that he loves me and he wants the best for me. And man, I don't want my mom to miss out on that. Wow. So doing exactly what we should do with this grace that we've been given. I don't want anybody else to miss out on it. Yeah. So what am I doing about it? Oh, she amen. Something about it. And God answered her prayer. That's amazing. And that's what we call the trickle down effect. We talk about that at Bible to School is we get to minister and breathe truth into these children's lives and they're going to go home and they're going to repeat some of this stuff. And what a perfect example. Thank you for sharing that. 
Well, Bruce, we're so thankful to hear about the Lenten season, what God has been laying on your heart and teaching you. Would you mind closing our time together in prayer? Absolutely would not mind. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for who you are and for what the season means to us. And God, we just pray that you would draw us deeper into this walk that you have, uh, this journey that you have for us. May it just come to such a, an explosive celebration as we worship you as the risen king. And uh, Father, we will just give you all the honor and glory. Father, we thank you for these children. We know that you are working in their lives, and we just pray that we are able to be a part of that and um, to see you lifted up. Thank you so much for this time with Meredith and for sharing with the, the, those who will be listening. May your Holy Spirit go in front of us and uh, prepare the way for, for what you want all to hear. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So to quote my brother Bruce, I just want a deeper walk with this King Jesus. Can I get an amen? My time in this interview was just so special because it confirmed what the Lord has been teaching me for a few years now, that our journey toward Jesus is so personal. It's not practicing a religion. It's walking in relationship. Did you learn something new about Lent? I'm so glad Bruce shared what Lent is and how it's helped him grow closer to Jesus. And I would love to hear what you and your family do to prepare for Easter. So go ahead and follow Bible to School on Facebook and Instagram and leave a message for the podcast. We love to engage with our listeners. Also, don't forget to go to our website, BibleToSchool.com. That's Bible, the number two, school.com to find the show notes and get the resources mentioned today. While you're there, subscribe to this podcast. We have some great interviews coming up that you won't want to miss. So friends, blessings to you as you journey on towards joy during this Lenten season. And remember, you can tell the children about the love of Jesus. See you next time.